What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, okay, so check this out. Little politics. This is my mom. Mom. Yes. Do you all know what to call me? Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'll call you Jason when I'm close to you in case I need to pop you one, but I'll give you your props and call you propaganda. Hello. Okay. I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. Okay, y'all. So (laughs) this is a special hood politics. Uh, This is in partnership with Spit and 23andMe. We're going to talk about the little family issues and how it kind of hits the hood and hits us and what we could possibly do about it. So little background. Um, I had at some point, I feel like I made this like offhand comment off of listening to another podcast about Dolly Parton, believe it or not. She had said in this podcast, like, hey, you know, you, you kind of never really know your parents. And I thought to myself when she said that, like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I kind of don't. And listeners know, you know, I'm born and raised Los Angeles. My mom is not, though. My mom, Southeast D.C., you know what I'm saying? Northwest, Southeast, you feel me? Uh, she a Bama right there, you know what I mean? And uh, came over here to L.A., you know, after she got married, had some kids, married my dad, had some kids, stayed there until we were grown, and they split up, and eventually she went back home. Uh, but is itching to get back to LA because you got grandkids now. Am I lying? That's right. That's right. You ain't be by your grandkids. Be real. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> and you too, of course. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate it. But there's an entire <laughs> history, you know, with your parents that like, you just don't know. You know what I'm saying? And how could you? You weren't there. And just the reality that like, she was an entirely different person before kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like marriage of kids changes you. You know what I mean? So, it was put on your heart to write me a letter, right? That's right. Yeah, so you could take over from there a little bit, like what you wanted to talk about in the, in the letter. Not specifics, obviously, because that's between us, but just kind of what you wanted to inform. Well, in the letter, I, first of all, it you had come on a surprise visit to me. Yeah. And when you made that comment, it was the look on your face and almost like a dagger in my heart for uh, a couple of different reasons that one was because you and I in your growing up years were very, very close. And we had a special bond that you used to share with me some things that were actually TMI for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as yes. a kid, you were as just as curious as you are now. Yeah. Very curious and inquisitive. And either, I don't want to say you demanded an answer, 
but you inquired until you got one that yeah. whoever you were speaking to thought they had given you a sufficient answer. So when you said you didn't know me and I had taken you to the airport and it just haunted me and was in my spirit the whole time coming back home, then I thought, well, you know, he really, he knows me. He doesn't realize that he knows me. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the am, the person that I am in my heart and in my spirit, I have always been that person because that was how God made me. Yeah. But the fact that you really didn't know my background or my childhood in specifics, because I would only tell you or we only would discuss certain things when they came up. As to, well, you know, your dad was in the house, your dad drove a cab, my, my, you know, speaking yeah. of my dad, my yeah. dad smoked a cigar, my dad, you know, my mom and dad had nine children, we lived in a certain place, and some of the things that went on as we were children, but I never really, really told you anything about me as a child. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that I always had a curiosity and still do about how my parents were as children. Yeah. By the time you really know them or actually realize anything about them, you're a, a little person mm. or you're a teenager or you're an adult, but you fail or I fail or we fail sometimes to realize that our parents were little people at one point too. Yeah. You know, they were they were little people that played on the playground, had to go to bed when their parents told them to go to bed, mm -hmm. maybe played hopscotch or whatever they played in the areas or the cities where they lived. Because my mother was born and raised in Washington, D.C. She's a blood Washingtonian. But my dad was raised in the South, in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So I always, you know. Used to reflect and think a lot about wonder what they were like as little kids. You know, what did yeah. they think about? When did they get hurt themselves? Or when did somebody pick on them? Or, you know, what were the things that they did that they didn't want their parents to yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just little people's life. Yeah. And so when I was going over all that, and I said, well, my son, you know, he, he doesn't, he didn't, my, my children, they don't know that about me. It was just yeah. nothing that came up, nothing that, wasn't that it wasn't important. It just was something that never presented itself. So in writing the letter, which, you know, I started when you left in February 2019. Yeah. And I was writing the letter and writing the letter. Then we were hit with COVID yeah. or COVID came mm -hmm. and I stopped. Then I had a little issue with uh, one of my, I slipped and fell and hurt my finger naturally. So I couldn't type on the, uh, the computer as I wanted to. And then one thing happened right after the other, then more COVID. And then I got kind of like, okay, I wanted to, once I got into it, everything opened up. Yeah. And even now the letter that you have is only what they say, half of the story. Sheesh. Yeah. Because there was so much and you yeah. have to, you, you know, so, um, yeah, you can't pack a lifetime into a letter. Yes, it's just not. Yes. Yeah. A letter and then individuals that touched your lives, what they meant to you. Yeah. The little, small, little things that you go through 
So what I did in the letter was try to give to you whatever God brought into my heart to give to you that was about me. And it wasn't about trying to make the letter all about me. Mm -hmm. But in essence, I wanted you to know all about me. The things that you didn't know, like how was I in junior high school? Yeah. And I told you about that where I started off, you know, a brainiac. And then what happened? Then the boys came. (laughs) And the boys came. Yeah. Yeah. And and so those things that you probably you never you, you never knew those things. Nope. So I went in writing the letter and it got longer and longer, not only chronologically, but in the duration of the letter. Yeah. And finally, I gave you the letter with some things still unfinished and probably some Mm -hmm. things that I thought were very important left out because I thought you got tired of waiting. And I thought, okay, how much longer is this going to be? Because it was supposed to be a letter. It ended up being over 40 pages. Yes, yeah, a novel. <laughs> it, it, it ended up being a novel. Yeah. And then I went through, okay, well, do I, the titles, do I call it everything you wanted to know about your mother and you didn't know? Or you was going, you was, you was getting creative. Yeah, I was just yeah. getting creative. That and then great. you kept hearing the, the the phrase in this pop culture is that, you know, your narrative, what's your narrative? Let somebody write. So I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. I'm writing my own narrative. Yes, you are. So that my son, my daughter, and whomever they choose to share it with, yeah, family-wise, would, would know. And so yeah. here we are now. You're sharing it on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Not the specifics per se, because some of that yeah. stuff, like, I'm still kind of processing. You know what I'm saying? There's some things that okay. I, like, I really loved. Like, I knew, but, like, didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. ideas about, like, like granddad and, and you know, the the uh, running the numbers and the card games and the gambling right. and stuff like that. Which, right. is just, which is just hood life. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. And, you, you know, you get it how you living. You call it hood life now, but for us, it was survival. For them, it was survival. For them, it was doing what you know to do, the best way you could do it, and staying away from the popo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Get it how you're living. Trying to stay out, stay stay under the radar. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. But what I I found interesting, specifically for why I wanted to tell that story as background for this, was um, I took a, a 23andMe DNA test. Right. And it gives you not only like your ancestral heritage and stuff like that, but it also talks about the part that we're interested in is like is our health background. Right. And like a wellness stuff. You know what I'm saying? And one thing that like I that stood out for me in your story in that story is like there's an assumption and it and it's a true in most situations that like, you know, the projects, you know, what I'm saying like in the in the sense that y'all actually experienced is a food desert that you're just not eating well and making like good choices for your your health you know what i'm saying because you're just trying to survive and what i noticed in y'all story it seemed like that wasn't the case like y'all ate all right exactly we we ate all right now i'm not saying that we weren't exposed to the chitlins and the hog and all of that because we had it and yeah. I ate it yeah. and we ate it. But basically, I don't know if it was because 
And it probably was because of my father's background being in the South. My mother used to say rabbit food, that he loved rabbit food. And out of the nine of us, of their children, all nine of us are still eating. Well, you know, my two brothers are deceased. But the seven of us still live off and love rabbit food. Now, the fact that nobody's in a vegetarian, Uh I'm a pescatarian. Yeah. And um, they love meat. They love their ribs. I stay away from that because that was my matter of choice after a few years after I got grown. Yeah. And that's that's something I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. No, but go on. Yeah. But generally rabbit food is in like y'all eat fruits and vegetables. We eat fruits and vegetables. I mean, I would sit by as a little girl, my mother watching her make potato salad. Mm -hmm. And before she would, people in the black community, and I'm sure in other other races, uh, ethnic backgrounds, they make potato salad differently. But my mother, a lot of people peel the potatoes and then, this is just a sidebar, peel the potatoes and then chop them up. But my mother would boil the potatoes first Uh before she chopped them up. Mm -hmm. And I was always there sitting beside her with my elbow on the table, waiting for a piece of raw potato. Wow. Before it even went in the pot. My dad used to come and he would give us rutabakers. We would eat raw sweet potatoes. Yeah. Anything that was it was like right out of the garden. Yeah. And we all loved it. And and to this day, my sisters and my brother, we and you will know in your in our family, when we all lived as a family together, you always had a what? There was always a salad. There was always a there bowl was of fruit. There was always a salad. There was, was always, always salad, a salad. Always a bowl of fruit. You, we would come home. And and uh-huh. And always green, something green. You always. had to have something green on your plate. So that's the way we were raised, no matter what. And even now, it's like yeah. any any family functioning or gathering, somebody's going to make a salad. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, like, like I said, like in you know, in a macro sense, like living in like inner cities are considered, like we said, food deserts where you can't really get fresh food. It was like just what you said, like whatever decisions you made. That wasn't the case in our house. There was always fruit. You always had it. We come home and it wasn't like there wasn't a bag of chips. It was oranges. Right. And we, we sat down and we ate oranges. We had right. like that was just a decision you made. And some of those decisions were around. I, I like when I when I go through these results, like I, I'm really interested in. I want to hear your reaction because some of the stuff you you said, you just kind of like made these food decisions for us. Because you was watching what seemed like was hereditary, what was just happening in our families, what we was dying over, getting sick over. And uh-huh. so and you said it in the in the uh, story, too. But I remember you telling us all the time, like, yo, watch out for this because this in your family, this in uh-huh. your blood. And, it, and uh-huh. it's crazy without you doing any tests. This was just the stuff that you was just like, well, it just keep happening. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So tell the folks what, it, what, what were some of those things that you just kind of picked up and was like. We can't eat this because this in our family. Well, I I don't I don't know. You you didn't have a lot of things that I said you couldn't eat because the entire choice was not my own. I yeah. you know, your father was there and he yeah. had things that, you know, that he believed that, yeah. that weren't detrimental. 
but they ended up being detrimental as you, as you can probably yeah. Yeah, being detrimental. So um, the thing is that I tried not to give you a lot of sugar. Remember, I used to say right? you couldn't have right because of the diabetes that you I didn't want you to have a lot of sweet, sweet cereals, those yeah. sugar coated cereals. Yeah. That you couldn't have. Which was torture as a kid. <laughs> which was torture. And yeah. and as a matter of fact, when I wanted to give you a treat, you could have your Captain Crunch. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was I your treat. To, I had to get good grades for that. Yeah. <laughs> and they and that was because that the diabetes was running in the family. Mm-hmm. My my uh, grandfather, my my maternal grandfather uh, had suffered from diabetes that put him in a, in a, in a chair towards the end of his life. My uncle on my mother's side was diabetic and it took him, put him down. Yeah. An aunt that came to live with me as my sweetie Luna calls her O-N-T Helen, Aunt Helen. When she was here living with me, it was always sugar. And yeah. my mother was a sugar candy fanatic. Yeah. And my sister, who later in years, late in life, found out she was a diabetic. Yeah. Would always, we would always have sweets. Yeah. That part of it that came. And so, you know, I realized that these things just, they weren't good healthy wise. It had nothing to do with what you may hear, quote, some people talk about generation curses. I don't believe in generation curses. I don't believe in that. I believe in our bloodline and the things that we are susceptible to because of our bloodline. And and so I feel that it's it's wiser to make the choices when Mm. you're able to make the choices than wish later on you had made the choices. Like I have an aunt that passed away. And when I had spoken to her, when she had became ill, the one thing she said to me was that I'm not afraid to die. I'll miss the family, but I wish I had made better choices in the way I ate. Wow. And so these were, this was almost her dying doxology that she had wished. She had made a better choice in the things that she ate because she loved to eat. And I mean, yeah. it's fatty, fatty stuff like raw ground beef and uh-huh. raw bacon. And so, you know, when I used to see a member of our family delving into that, it would just it would just make me cringe Yeah, because there's no purpose in it. You know, yeah. vegetables will will suffice in in keeping you can keeping you healthy. Yeah. And I and, I, you know, I attribute yeah. that. I don't brag. I thank. I'm thankful for the grace of God on my life, but you know where I am in life. You know how old I am. You know yeah. what I have suffered physically and what I haven't suffered physically. Yeah. And I attribute all of that because of the choices that I said. Not a whole lot of sugar Since I was in a here. child. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, yeah. not a lot of fat. And for the past two years, I haven't had a piece of fried chicken. Now you're talking crazy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, no. Um, so what I noticed with our family was like kidney cancer, you know what I'm saying? And then, but some of these weird things. So, so the aunt that she talked about my aunt Helen, which is my great aunt, that's my grandmother's sister, my mom's direct aunt. 
was like, I mean, she was a two pack a day smoker and she outlived everyone. Like, more than that. More than more than two packs. Just mm-hmm. see, that's what I'm saying. So like there was these weird like things where you just like, I don't know, is that just that's just in our blood? Like why? How come that ain't? But of all the things that actually killed it was the sugar. You know what I'm saying? So we like, right. how, how is it that, you know what I'm saying? So, so there's these things that are like our diet and then these things that are in our blood. So, But there's one thing I want to interrupt to say, and this could be an inspiration to someone who may have been or know someone that had been a three-pack-a-day smoker, is that she had a stroke. Oh, wow. After the stroke, she gave up cigarettes at 88 years old. It's crazy. So she had been smoking from her 20s until in her 80s and still not a not a thing, not a drop of cancer in her blood. So crazy. Nothing. Yeah. She um was hilarious, y'all. Like the the one thing that is in our DNA that I'm pretty sure uh this um 23andMe thing is going to prove is that we have sarcasm in our DNA. And for some reason, like everybody really good at it. You know, my right now, y'all, my mom is being very well behaved, but she being real nice. But Aunt Helen was hilarious. She was remarkably sarcastic and uh, and would say stuff like that. Like, I'm smoking as many packs as I want. You being prejudiced against my age. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she used to say that. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm going to read through a few of these things, kind of get your reactions on this. Some of the stuff that you thought maybe like you was like, yep, or are surprised about. So first thing I'm going to look at is like, once you get this result, I'm going to look at like the my wellness thing, right? So how my DNA responds to like diet, exercise, and sleep, right? So your boy's uh, genetic weight, meaning like, am I predisposed to become overweight or stay pretty, pretty thin? What you think? You're going to stay thin. Yep. That's predisposed to weigh less than average. That's what this mm-hmm. mug said. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's funny because, you know, even as a kid, I was trying my best. Do you remember we bought all the weights? <laughs> Never worked. All in fat. <laughs> oh, yeah, it just did not work. Right. So all the variants in my blood are associated to like that you're just gonna be thin. Right. Well, can I say something there too though? Yeah, go for it. Is that you know that uh out of my eight siblings, 
I was considered the runt. Yeah. Because I, I was that. the only one five, five, I say five, two, but I'm five, one and a half. Uh-huh. I never got any bigger no. than, you know, I've always yeah. kept my weight down. And then your father was tall and slim. Yeah. Is tall and slim. Yeah. So I, I can see how that would happen. Yeah. With you. He got a little gut now, but yo, he's also yeah. much older. Uh, anyway. And also uh, your choices too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, lactose intolerant. It's in my blood. And, and it's true. <laughs> Here's what's funny. Here's a funny one. Caffeine consumption. I am likely to consume less caffeine than anyone else. Really? Ain't that weird? Why? That's what yeah. it says. Based on my DNA, it says that if you consume caffeine, the current guidelines of healthy adults says adults should drink no more than three 12 ounce cups of coffee or eight ounce cups of tea per day, which is crazy because I drink probably four cups uh-huh. of coffee a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't be getting jittery, but I don't know. Maybe I'm defying my DNA here. Muscle composition. It's my muscle composition is common for elite athletes. Okay, I, I, I can see that. I yes. can see that totally. Yes. Let's see. Uh, now let's go to like the not so fun stuff. Health highlights. Okay. Dementia, Alzheimer's. What do you think? Do I think that in your DNA you're prone to it? Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah, it's a slightly at risk. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I say that because of my paternal side of the family. Oh, word. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if it's happening now on uh, in my on this side of the family, but basically, not not on my maternal side. Yo, and here's what's crazy is according to this, like the variant I have generally comes from people of European descent. Uh huh. So. Thank you again, transatlantic slave trade. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. For just reaching into our blood, <laughs> causing problems. Age-related macular degeneration, which I don't even know what that is. That has to do with your vision. Oh, yep. Two variants detected. Uh-huh. Which is crazy because I'm the only one of everybody we're related to that don't wear glasses. Right. On both sides of my family. But, and it has nothing really to do with, with your vision. It's something that happens to the eye, the eye itself. Oh. And, and um, I can see that because my mother and one of her sisters, two of her sisters, as far as I know, had what's called glaucoma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forgot so, I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we wasn't supposed to say names. Look at us. Well, I, I just wasn't saying names. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> kidney disease. What you think? No. I got one variant. Okay. Yeah. But there's a lot more variants in there. That's in my DNA that says that you should probably like watch your kidneys. Okay. And then the last one, which you probably already knew this already, is a uh, sickle cell. Yes. Of course we do. That's that's paternal also. Yeah. And a mm-hmm. uh, fun thing about sickle cell is that comes from Africa and it's Part of why we can, a lot of us, uh, it was a it was a reaction to mosquitoes and malaria. It was like mm-hmm. with sickle cell, which I think is pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now let's see, uh, let's see some other stuff in here that's pretty crazy. 
So far as my gut health, things that will set up like uh, colon cancer. Okay. I ain't got it. Okay. My colon's good. My guts are good. Let's see here. Uh, genetics of like cilantro aversion. According to this, like I have a slightly higher odds of disliking cilantro, which is not true. It's <laughs> not true. And I love it. <laughs> yup. Yup. Let's see. Sleep movement. It says I'm about average. That I sleep like everybody else. Mosquito bite frequency. You know how black people say you got sweet blood. Mm-hmm. It's really a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's from your grandmother. <laughs> no, I have about the same as everybody else. Okay. <laughs> but like some people got sweet blood. Nikki, my sister, she got sweet blood. Uh-huh. Who knew it was a thing? <laughs> Ain't that crazy? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's actually. But a I thing. used to hear old folks used to say that. Yeah. Sweet blood. Mm-hmm. That you actually do got sweet blood. But yeah, uh, type two diabetes that we talked about before. Yeah, that's prevalent, huh? I got thirty-seven percent uh, chance. Yeah. So it's like, so the choices that you saying is like of all the things that are here, that's the one thing I could do something about. Exactly. And what's crazy is like you being wise enough, paying attention before we knew how to take no DNA, nothing that was just looked around and was like, look, let's make these changes now. Observation. You changing the narrative. Uh, One thing I wanted to add to when you talked about us being raised in the projects, and this is not an affrontery on anyone else that was raised in the projects, but my mother well, in the projects, anyone that whose ancestors or family, grandma, grandpa, anybody lived in the projects knew that they used to have uh, a community center where they would give you government food, yeah, government cheese, government yeah. peanut butter, but government this, government that. My mother never took it. Yeah, we never received anything. Yeah, from them. Because she chose not to. Yeah. And one of the reasons probably as as I got older, I used to tell people that raising nine children first in what I realize now, which Norma reminded me of, is that when we lived in southwest Washington, D.C., when I was very little and born down there, it was considered the slums. Right yeah. now, it's the wharf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is exclusive. But back yeah. then, when they the had black people running around in there, it was the slums. Yeah. But to raise a family like that and not get any government assistance that talks of the struggle yeah. of a, and I'm sure my dad wasn't the only black man that went home, went out of the house in the morning and returned back home in the evening. Yeah. For the betterment of his family. Yeah. And so we just we just were never exposed to those things. And so that's how we grew. And that's how I wanted I wanted us as a family to eat just good, yeah. healthy food. Yeah. And, you know, that that that's what I did. I remember the time that I that I suggested to the three of you, let's go vegetarian. Do you remember that conversation? I do. I do. And when I got so much opposition <laughs> that the three of you looked at each other as if to say, oh, what is, crazy. the hell is you talking <laughs> <It's> about? Like, <laughs> and then and then somebody said, you mean I can't have any more ribs? And that then somebody said, no more steak. 
And yeah. then you said, oh, no, ma. And I said, okay, well, then you guys just go ahead and do, but this is how I'm going to eat. And I didn't go vegetarian, but I just, I just cut out a lot of stuff. Man. Yeah, you did. You know, and I mean, I've made similar choices. Like I haven't gone full vegetarian, but I'm for the most part pescatarian. Yeah. You know, in as, in as best as I can be. Uh, But I think one thing that we do here is like, you know, my wife is like super good at like, if we are buying beef or chicken, it's like the high end stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she'll like, she'll break bread for that. That's like, you know, no nitrates, like, you know, right. completely exactly. organic. And what's crazy about like the Latino community too, which like, again, it's just a different narrative than, you know, which is posed to us is like, you know, in Acapulco, like they was dirt poor, you know, no running water styles, but like you got fresh fruit every day. Yeah. There was, you, yeah. Didn't have, you got up in the morning and you went and bought the food for the day. Right. So it was fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. She's always ate like that. You know right. what I'm saying? They, when they were kids, she talks about this too. Like they didn't get fast food. Like her mom didn't do it. She was just like, no, they cooked every day. And it was like, but you go to the market, you buy the beans, you boil the beans, you know, they bought, you go to the corner where there was like the fruta lady, right? Exactly. The first exactly. sitting on the corner, like eating, exactly. you know what I'm saying? So you just, exactly. they always ate like that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, of course they was, you know, when they got to LA, it was, you know, you had your, you had your Takis and Hot Cheetos. Like they did right, that too. Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. But it was like, no, we, like we chopped vegetables every day. Yes. We made beans every day. You know what I'm saying? What killed and you know them. what? That, 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 that's a beautiful thing, though. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's a beautiful thing because when you think of people living in poverty, a lot of people that have lived that way and have, I don't, I don't want to say that have been, their lifestyle has been governed because of poverty or mid-level poverty. They yeah. go for the cheapest of things or whatever yeah. is convenient. But when yeah. you find a family like her, like almost background and my background, yeah. where no, that was no go. That that was just no just go. It wasn't an we, option. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't an option. You know. So, and um, it it continues on. It, it 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 continues on. And the girls eat well, and you do too. Very very yeah. healthily. It's true. It just continues on. The one thing that did like. For her, she's like, what kills us is is there's a tortilla with every meal. So we're just, so it's the same thing. It's like sugar. Right. You know what I mean? So we try to do the, we try to do corn instead of flour, you know, but whatever. We're doing, we're doing the best we can. Anyway, mom, thank you for your transparency. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. And thank you to 23andMe for uh, letting us do this. And then there's like all the other, like, that you are on my maternal side, like the ancestry stuff, like on the maternal side, your blood is Bantu. Did you know that? Uh-uh. African, yeah, you from the Bantu region, according to this. Okay, I know that one of my sisters had told me one time that my, my dad was from Angola. Is that part of that? No, my, my dad's dad. Because of like how close that Angolan is to our, uh, to our line, like since he's like your grandfather, he mm-hmm. takes up a lot of the percentage because yeah. like that fool just threw threw that DNA in there. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're essentially uh we're essentially like sub-Saharan East African. Oh, okay. You know. Okay. Um, which is like not 
average for, you know, slave descendants. Most slave descendants are mostly West African. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, which were that, too, because any slave descendant is everything. You it's, know what I'm saying? Yeah. You right. know? But um, Bantu and Fulani. Hmm. Well, I used to get a lot when I was in California where, you know, especially when I start wearing my hair down and I used to get comments about how was I from the islands? Yeah. And it was like, you just don't look like you're. Yeah. <laughs> that you're all. That you're all African. black. Are you from the yeah. Island? Yeah. <laughs> and my comment is that none of us are all black anymore. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All the mistaken for Ethiopian stuff. Like, oh, I'll be yeah. like, uh, I don't know, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, mom, you want to give everybody your socials? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Please don't give nobody. Do not follow my mama on Instagram. I slapped this plant. <laughs> Man. So checking in from Maryland, from the DMV, you know what I'm saying? From, you know, pre-GC Prince George County. Ladies and gentlemen, my Dukes. Y'all make some noise. Hello. Let's go. Thank you very much, mama. All right, son. My pleasure. Eat well. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. You got any words of wisdom for these folks? Well, my only word of wisdom would be to make wise choices when you eat because you aren't always going to be 35. You aren't always going to be 40. God willing, you aren't always going to be 60. One day you're going to be 70 or 80. Come on. And you want to still be able to walk around the block without having a shortness of breath. You want to be able to run a half mile without shortness of breath. You want to be able, like me, to do sit-ups and push-ups and and leg bends and all of that. It's all in our choices. Not only what you eat, but your life choices and the things that you uh, expose yourself to. I don't know where that came from, but uh, just... The depths of your soul. Eat eat, eat your veggies. They're, They're the good earth. They're, they're That's from right. the good earth, and and stay away from that fried, greasy food. Oh, I mean, that uh, looks uh, good. You, and uh, you broke up. Good. You broke up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> looks man. good and smells good, but um, no, I'm being silly. I you didn't okay, break up. I, know, I just didn't I want you to drop the gems. <laughs> I know, but all I'm saying is that you'd be surprised at what you can oven fry, and enjoy it. So just just. Stay healthy. If you want to stay alive, stay and eat healthy. You will be thankful when you get older. Okay, mom. <laughs> All <You> right. right. <laughs> Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 